Welcome to the Emerge Thriving Podcast, wellness designed for real life. In these conversations, we focus on topics that impact our everyday lives. Forgiveness, self-worth, resiliency, embracing self-care, the power of nutrition, and so much more. Life isn't always easy, but together we can take steps towards a thriving life. Today, we're talking about mental health and the healing power of processing grief. Tony Lynch, founder of the nonprofit Memories of Us and creator of the podcast Memories of Us Grief Support for Men, is joining us to explore the conversation of grief and how nurturing our mental health can help us create a thriving life. Thank you for being with us, Tony. We're so glad to have you. Before we get started, please feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm Tony. Tony Lynch, I am the founder of Memories of Us, and we offer grief support for men that have lost loved ones. And thank you again, Amy, for having me on the show. It's an honor. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I really appreciate all that you do in your work surrounding grief and for bringing the light to the power of mental health, especially for men. So speaking for myself a little bit, I worked in marine construction for 13 years prior to starting Emerge Thriving. And during that time, I could see as humans, we have a very real need for health support, but there's often a resistance. And this can be for a variety of reasons, but including a fear of appearing weak. And additionally, I've seen from previous generations how they have struggled to acknowledge mental health for their own reasons, but including stigma, which Mm -hmm. continues to have a huge impact in our lives today. So I really appreciate your passion for helping people become more engaged in supporting their mental health. And I'm really grateful that you're with us to have this conversation. Yes, and you're absolutely correct. When it comes down to dealing with grief or mental health, people hear the word mental health, right? And immediately they back off because they don't know what it, what it entails, especially men. When it comes down to men and mental health, you tell a man, hey, you, I think you're suffering from a mental health. Um, issue and things like that. The first thing that they do go, oh no, oh no, 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 I couldn't be doing that, right? But then when you when you look at them and everything, you can tell that it's obvious. The, the, the depression, the anxiety, the anger, the way that their coping mechanisms and things are, right? You can pretty much tell what they're trying to push themselves away from. But the stigma about people in general when it comes down to mental health or support groups in mental health, right? You know, Women are more susceptible to go to a support group. They understand what that group can do for them. Now, when we're talking about men and and the whole stigma behind it, men have to be macho. That's what we've been taught, right? We have to, we don't have mental health issues because we have a 12-pack of beer or we have a bottle of alcohol or maybe we have, you know what I'm saying, some order, some other other coping mechanism that can keep us from seeing exactly what we're going through. And once we as a society and we as men can start admitting to ourselves that we're struggling in certain areas, it makes that stigma more true. But I try to tell people that stigma is just something that someone made up to keep you from being healthy, right? You know, because once you if you can if you can admit that you're having troubles with something and that you do need some help, well, then those people will go and seek that help. Depending on how how much of the stigma that they want to be involved in, so I tell them, drop the stigma. Think of yourself. If you can't think of yourself, think about your family. 
Think about the people that you're around because those are where the most of the complaints are coming from because they don't understand what you're going through. And you're so stubborn that you don't understand it, that you prefer to suffer than to actually go around, go around and be around people and hold yourself accountable because that's what it's all about. When you start thinking about that, it's, it's the person holding themselves accountable for their own actions, the anger, the depression, because there's someone else, if not multiple people that are being affected by that. So reiterating, you are a human being. You're a human being and you're going through something very traumatic. You need help. We're here to help you. It's nothing shameful of it. You know, it's, it's a matter of being more of a human being and saying, hey, I know you felt alone, but I'm here to tell you, you're not by yourself anymore. I've suffered from this as well. And I don't want to see you go through the same things I went through. Yes, you're vulnerable, but you're not going to get judged, not from anybody from on this end. And when you leave out of here, here's a number. If you're ever in this situation again, give me a call. It shows that it shows a camaraderie. And then when you return home, knowing that you have the support, guess who doesn't pay for it? Your family, right? You're no longer arguing with them. You, you, now you're trying to figure out better ways of interacting with your wife, your girlfriend, or, or et cetera, et cetera. You know, your children, your uncles and cousins and things like that. Because if they don't know, then they don't know. So we have to open up those doors. I love that you create a space for people to just walk in and be who they are, just come as they are and share or listen and just build a community, a natural community for people. And one of the, from our previous conversation when we first met and we were talking about one of the things that brought us together in our conversation was grief. And that's really kind of the core of what inspires you to do what you're doing today and to create a community like this one. Can you share with us a little bit about grief, the powerful impact it can have in our lives? And can you share with us what processing grief has looked like for you and what the, the impact of allowing yourself to process grief, how that's impacted your life? Yeah, yes. Mine's been a journey that started a long time ago that I didn't understand. And that came with the loss of my grandmother. She was my best friend coming up. When she passed away, I remember a lot of my family members were going, you know, just suck it up, don't cry, and just another. But I watched them fall apart as well. Now that goes into, you know, losing my father, losing my younger brother. That's been almost nine, 10 years now. I lost my son four years ago. I lost my mother two years ago. So processing something that I didn't understand was a conflict of interest within myself. And it was also a means to finding my purpose, so to speak, because I got tired of holding it in. And then eventually it started erupting and I went through the five stages of grief, right? So, and not even understanding it, not even understanding. I still go through it nowadays, but the difference is now is that I allow myself to properly grieve when I'm going through it. So say for instance, the holidays, we just got done talking about this. The holidays can be hard on anybody, especially going through loss, it's feeling alone out in this world. For me, it's a time to learn. It's a time for me to, to be more intimate with my relationship with grief because I want to understand it. And I found that, that when we don't understand something as a society, we tend to shun away from it, right? If it doesn't make sense, we, we shun away from it. Not understanding, you know, not, not even realizing that if we took the time to allow our bodies to connect with our subconscious, our bodies already know what to do. Grief is embedded in us. Grief is going to be a part of our life. When we were created, we were created with knowing exactly what to do when we experience a loss. Society says, as young men, this is what you don't do. Who made these rules up? 
That's that's why I was who who told you that it wasn't okay to do this? You know, who said that it wasn't okay for you to cry? So you're going to sit around and walk around, hold all of this stuff in and then take it out on everybody else because you don't understand. Well, it's okay. It's okay for you not to understand. What is not okay is keep denying yourself the honor of embracing your grief, the freedom of allowing yourself to actually grieve properly. But not just that, you're denying yourself the benefits. You're denying yourself the rewards of what comes with that. So when we think about community and things like that, that's a huge part of it. But if your community is running around in a crowd, then that community is not really there anymore. So what we do is that we create people. We bring people in to create a community, right? And it's a mixture of people that we don't even know, that have no idea what you're going through, but we do it subconsciously because we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be alone as we're going through it. Fortunately for some of us, we are left alone. Thinking about grief, grief doesn't have to be a messy thing. It is messy, but it doesn't have to have the extra burden laid on top of it. So creating a space for, for men to be able to come and express themselves, to be able to talk with other men and things like that, you see the difference in their communities and in, in the communities that we live in. This is just a bunch of men talking about what they're going through, right? And they start revealing certain things. Now, inside the group, we hold each other accountable. If we hear something that we feel that you need to bring up on the forefront, it's because it's something that pertains to what you're going through. And so we, we'll go back and go, hey, you know, I just heard you say this. Let's talk about this for a minute. Where did this come from? And that opens up the doors. Right. Because now you have three men in the group that can relate to you, but you have another four men that can relate to you in this area. So then we rebuild our men in our community and our men help us rebuild our community alongside the women, because it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a healthy village to raise better children. You know what I'm saying? Because once we start understanding, then we can teach our younger generation. We can help them not grow up the way that we did. We can give them a sense of freedom to go, you know, right now, I'm going to break down. And then to have somebody in your corner and go, if you break down, that's okay. I have a shoulder and I'm not going anywhere. Some of the loudest conversations I've ever had, nothing was ever said. It was the fact that we were there with one another. And we just sat there. We cried. There was a lot of hugging going on, but more crying than hugging. But something happens outside of that. When you share that piece of yourself with someone, there's a certain amount of respect. There's a huge amount of respect that comes along with that because now you lend someone else into where the part of you that's protected, which is your heart. And you're sharing that with them. So when they go back into their families and stuff like that, their families can, can come around and go, I never knew. Well, now that you know, what's the next steps? Here's some little guidelines to help you along the way. So it's an honor to be able to provide that to the men in the community provide for you the resources and the support that you need. I think that's so important. I know it's made a huge difference for me in my life having, you know, the different milestones of healing or that sounds like so efficient. It's not always so efficient where you're like reaching milestones of healing. But I guess looking back, I can recognize it more than when I was in the process. But having resources, support, community, people that had that life journey and could relate and create space for me to heal. And like you said, sometimes just people being there to witness your grief, to witness your pain, even if it's silently, that they care and that they affirm you're going through something deep. So I 
I can see just from that personal experience and hearing from you and knowing your personal experience, these resources like this are just life-changing, just absolutely life-changing. And and one of the things I think also that it's really helpful is because with mental health, sometimes we can overlook it. It can be underappreciated. We may not understand the impact that it's really having in our life mm-hmm. and that it's really the driving force. We may know something's off, but we might not realize that it comes back to our mental health. So I really appreciate your helping to guide people through that process. I wanted to ask you if you had any thoughts that you wanted to share on that topic specifically, how we can kind of be going through life and be experiencing these things and not recognize them as rooting back to our mental health. When we start thinking about mental health and people, it's such a foreign concept. If you're not educated on what mental health is or mental illness looks like, right? It looks like something that happens every day. Because what we do over a period of time, we begin to incorporate a mental illness into our everyday life. And it's something that becomes normal. Then we look at it and go, we don't have a problem. You have the problem. This is how I've always been. You ever hear that before? I've always been this way. So when you go to that person and, and they've always been this way and you go, hey, you may have some other problems going on. No, I don't have any problems. It's just the way I am. You know what I'm saying? And But after a while, you can't say that too much. You can't go, this is just the way that I am. Because my question to them would be, well, you've been like this for you know X amount of time. How did you get there? Because when you, when you talk to people from where I'm from, you talk about mental health, they, they look at you and go, that's a foreign concept, right? But it's a real thing. It's such a real thing. And so for me, once I went through all of that and I found myself in a dark place with a gun, about to blow my brains out, something dawned on me. This is not normal. This is not, I should not be in this situation right now. What is going on? And for me, the curiosity is what triggered. So I began reading the books because I wanted to know. I began, you know what I'm saying, taking classes, going to seminar, because I had to experience those five stages of grief according to me. And it's individual. Everybody is going to experience it differently. My end result was, about to put a bullet in my head, right? Before I got to the point to where I went, something's just not right. And if something inside of me is a gut instinct saying, hey, this was a close call, you need to listen to us. And that was my body, that was my gut and my heart going, hey, you need to listen to us. So I started doing a little bit more research and I realized how uniquely built we are as human beings. When we were created, we was created very uniquely. So when we think about grief, Somebody said, you're going to experience this, but what I've done is that I encoded in your DNA how to cope. So when people start thinking about your DNA, they think about cells and things like that, right? But they don't think about the messages that are already written inside of those cells. And we deny ourselves properly. We deny ourselves to the point to where our bodies will start acting, acting out. You may wake up sick one morning, right? Because your gut is spilling over and you don't understand why. You may wake up and your test is tight and you may feel like you're having an anxiety attack or you're having a heart attack, right? Or you may find yourself, I don't know, for weeks on end, wandering around a park and not even remember the steps that you've taken because you're so wrapped up into your mental, your mental health and you're struggling because now you're trying to figure out solutions. I tell people, you live 80% of your body when you deal with trauma. They say, what do you mean? 
I said, because 80% of your body is trying to tell you what to do. And the other 20% is trying to block it out. So your body is going through this thing and it's going, hey, if you listen to me, we can move this through. We can, we can do this properly. We can come out the other side better than we were before. The brain goes, that's trauma. I don't want to deal with this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create different scenarios for you to keep you busy so we don't have to deal with the emotional aspect of it. And I think a lot of it, that's what it is. People don't want to address their own emotions. It's For me, I understand that because I didn't want to address my own emotions, but I spent too many nights curled up on the, on the floor crying. I spent too many nights contemplating, how am I going to see my family again? I spent a lot of days walking around going, what do I do next? I'm alone in this world now. I have nobody. What do I do next, right? And so for me, that was my journey. I needed to figure out what was next. First, I needed to figure out what I was going through, educate myself. And through education and reading books and watching the videos, my curiosity opened up the door for my purpose. And I went, if I can get to this point, there's other men out there that can get to this point. How do we reach them? But then I also started thinking about the community that we live in and everything else that comes into play when we're thinking about these things, right? You know what I'm saying? So we got men, women, and children. We live in a society now where the pandemic is actually exposing all of this stuff, right? It's bringing it out to the forefront. Now, don't get me wrong. I love it because of the simple fact of now I know what we're dealing with. And now we can put those support groups in a place and go, let's push it hard. You know what I'm saying? Implement ourselves into the community. If you want the community to trust us, let's go to where they are. Stop asking them to meet us where we are. Let's go meet them where they are and then help guide them to where they need to be. And so we're still working on it. We're still, you know, we're still trying to put the good out there. We're still making a positive impact in in our world, in our communities, you know, and we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I'm, I'm not stopping because I see the benefits of having a fully functional community. I see the benefits of having these support groups there because I see the people that walk in and out of here. I see when they come in one day, I can see the addiction on them. You know what I'm saying? I can see the struggle that they're going through. The beautiful part about it is, is that I can give them something and go, hey, go check out this person right here. I think you may be able to benefit from that and be able to hand them that. And then they go and get that support. And then it's not going to happen overnight. It can be three, four months, six months down the line. But then you see them again. You see the process that they go through. They come in, they drain, they have, they have nothing. You know what I'm saying? They're fighting with fumes. And once they understand that, hey, we're here, this is what we do, they walk out of there over a period of time. Now their shoulders are back. Their head is up. Now they walk in a little bit more in confidence. And then after that, now they're talking with a lot more confidence, right? Now they're not afraid to go out and talk to people about what they're going on because now they understand that your story is somebody else's survival guide. But you have to go through it first. You're, you're going to have to go through it. You know, there's no doubt about that. Beautiful part about it is you're not by yourself. You're, you're not. That makes such a difference. I know in different periods of my life, I had the same reaction you did to try to like get to this breaking point and then feel like this can't be, <laughs> this can't be it. When you have a deep level of trauma and you might have trauma coming from different places of your life. And so that can mean you don't even know if you're looking at the world right. You don't know if you're trusting people right. Like it can be hard 
to really get from that place of where you are to mm. some place of safety and healing. It's just not that simple. And so having someone like yourself to help kind of be a guiding light, sort of a beacon for a really solid starting place for someone can, can be everything, can be the difference for someone in taking steps forward or just feeling so overwhelmed. Like you were saying, each person's unique, their experiences are unique, their personality, everything that kind of comes into the mix to make that person who they are and the life that they've had it is so unique. And so I appreciate your honoring that and recognizing that in creating space for people to go through their healing process in a way that's right for them. Right. So one of the things that we connected on right away was spirituality. When you get to that point where you're deciding to go on or not, basically Mm -hmm. is kind of where you're at. Like the totality of what it is that you have to kind of face and go through just to get to the next day can be so much. And sometimes it really just boils down to your spiritual connection. And I don't mean that in necessarily some big, huge way, like, oh yeah, I've got this great spiritual connection. Sometimes it's just a small glimmer of hope. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, how your spirituality has shaped you and helped you on your path towards healing? You know, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual individual. I- but also believe in God. When I experienced my worst loss was just my child, my, my son, I struggled in my faith. You know, I struggled in, in my beliefs, in my spirit, because of my relationship with him. And the first things I used to think, I was going, why would you do this to me? Why would you hurt me this much? You said that you love me. You know what I'm saying? And yet you've taken so much away. Why would you do this to me? What did I do to you? I was faithful. I was obedient. I did everything you asked me to do. It was rocky. It was very, very rocky. Coming out the other side, so what I started doing is that I started meditating. I needed to reconnect. I needed to rebuild my trust foundation with God again. And that way, I could start arguing with him. Because that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to do. I wanted to have an argument with him and go, you know what? I've been obedient. And you, no, 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 I'm not okay with this. When we're thinking about grief, mental health, we have to think about the whole person. We have to think about the mental aspects of it. We have to think about the emotional aspects, the physical aspects. And the one that's usually neglected is our spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the one. We can heal all three of these right here. But if we don't address the spiritual, then we're just cycling back through until we get back to that point again, trying to figure out where, where did we go wrong? Why isn't this working? It's because your spirit plays a huge role in you. Your spirit is who you are. That's your connectiveness. Rediscover who you are, right? And the only way that you're going to do that, you have to lean within yourself. Whether people aren't believers or not, that doesn't even matter. You are a human being and you are very uniquely put together. So why not take the time to learn the necessary skills to heal in all aspects of it? Find out who you are. See what this is trying to offer you. What lessons are, is it trying to teach you? With gifts, you don't have to walk around in misery all the time, especially when you didn't start off that way. Let's rediscover who you are. We're not going to get the person that you were before you started this. We're going to get the new improved version of who you are coming out the other side. That's the person I want to meet right there. So my job is to encourage these people to want to meet the individual coming out the other side. 
It's, and it's exciting. It's very, very exciting when people look at it from that area. They go, well, you know, I would love to meet that person. So if you love to meet that person, what steps do you need to take? What are the necessary steps in order for you to meet the person that you just said that you want to be? It's like, you know, dealing with grief. If I had not experienced these things, as tragic as they have been, I would not be able to do what I'm doing. So the blessing came out of my darkest moments. The problem is a lot of times people focus on the loss and not the life. The loss is only one aspect of it. That's why Memories of Us, it stands exactly what it is. It's Memories of Us. Remember the life that you live with this person. Let's focus on that. The loss is there. You have one, that one, one loss that's changed your life. It doesn't have to change it permanently. We do have to learn how to grow. We have to learn to grow through it. We have to develop these skills. We have to, we have to understand that this is part of who we are. And it's okay. We can focus on that. And we can build a, we can build a solid foundation from that. Your foundation. Something because when you, when you leave the groups, if you decide to leave the groups and go on about your way, and that's fine. But at least you have something to walk upon. You have something that you can hold your head up and, and go, it's about being a guiding light for people, uh, men and our communities to help them heal as a community, help them get back to being a community. Because, I mean, I don't know about most people. I grew up in a community that people came, that actually cared about us, right? You know, even as a child, we didn't have to worry about certain things. You know, it wasn't nothing for us at the age of six or seven years old to be across town playing with friends. We didn't have to worry about nobody taking, taking us. My mama used to always tell me, boy, somebody take you. They're going to hurry up and bring y'all back because don't nobody want to deal with you. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to sit back and go, am I really that bad? And my mom would go, don't nobody want you? But I'm still here with you, mom, right? You know, and mom's just like, yeah, only because I'm the only one that loves you. That's reassuring. But then we get out there and then we realize that the whole community is, when we go somewhere, the community is going, oh, that's such and such son, or that's such and such daughter, right? Or say, for instance, we're somewhere else and we're dehydrated or hungry or something like that. Somebody comes out the house and goes, hey, aren't you such and such boy? Yes, yes, I am. You're looking thirsty. You're looking, you need some water. You need something like that. They're going to the house to get us water, right? You know what I'm saying? They go, come and sit down on the porch. I'm giving you some snacks. And then when you get done, you can sit down for a little bit before you head on about your way. We talk about our families. That's a community. That's what I love. That's what I want to get back to. But we can't do it in the way that we're going about it right now. Our communities are falling apart. We're losing people on a regular basis, right? We're losing people on a daily basis at an alarming rate. And now being in a pandemic where we have to social distance, we have extroverts out there that are struggling hard. And now we're starting to see the introverts starting to struggle very, very hard, right? And it's because at some point, we as introverts understand the need for community. We understand the need for touch. We understand the need for, for connection with each other. When you and I were first talking, we were talking about that we're, we are unique. And that it can be really hard sometimes to face traumas and feelings that really run deep. And you had, in our conversation, you were sharing real messages of hope for me and sharing what you share with other people. And it just really resonated. You were talking about what we stand to gain when it can be really hard to face these traumas. 
especially with that uniqueness, we have our unique, you know, the challenges that come along with facing that and going, taking those steps forward, it can be really hard. What do we have to gain by going through that process? What's on the other side of that? Okay. For me and um, for a lot of people that come in through the groups, the we find that there's a different connection that we can have on the other side if we're willing to go through the process of, of properly grieving, allowing ourselves to grieve, right? Allowing ourselves to feel the emotions and working through those things and growing, becoming what our grief wants, needs us to be. Like I said, grief doesn't have to be a very negative thing. Grief is a part of who we are, but it's a part of growing too. So the beneficial part about this is that you become more aware of who you are. You have a better spiritual connection coming through the other side. We lost, we lost the flesh. Grief is, I believe, is a passageway to reconnect with the spiritual aspect. We did rediscover who we actually are. And we can then mentor other people. And that's what it's all about. It's about taking what I've learned, passing it on to someone else, and that has gone through the same things. Let's do what we need to do to address these things in a healthy way, right? Let's take care of ourselves. And sometimes that can be very, very selfish. And I'll say, be selfish with yourself, because if you're not selfish with yourself, you're going to, you're going to hit a few roadblocks. That's to be expected. Don't get stuck there. The roads, those roadblocks is there to help you climb across. And then eventually you climb across that one. The next one isn't so big. So having the right tools to get across them, then eventually when you start walking, those roadblocks become that big, right? You're not even climbing anymore. Now you're just strictly stepping across. So that's that walk. If we go from here all the way down till we get to a smooth level surface, is of course, you're going to have your few little roadblocks in there and everything, but it won't be so traumatic anymore. It won't seem like such a hard thing to try to overcome. So that's, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're trying to make a difference in our communities. And then once we get done doing it here and we can show that, it's effective in the groups that we provide, then we can take that and duplicate it. And we can go to the next neighborhood. We can implement these things in the next neighborhood. And we can just keep moving from there. That's what I call reconstructive. Reconstructive community building. Because I know what that looks like. And it's a beautiful thing. So let's do this. Let's eliminate the excuses. Let's give you some solutions. Let's give you resources. And then most of that, most of all, let's put people around you that care, that actually care about you. And then we go from there. So this is just kind of sharing and and confirming some of what you've talked about in what your life can look like on the other side. And it's not a necessarily a before and after, it's a journey. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of an unpacking of, you know, memories, emotions, trauma, grief, you know, processing. It's a real processing mm-hmm. as you go along the way. But the, but what I've been learning it through this year, like you mentioned, 2020 really kind of forces some things, you know, it really brings up if you suffer from anxiety or PTSD mm-hmm. or depression, like I have, this is the year that's going to kind of bring that forward and bring that up. And yes. so through therapy, complex therapy and then nutritional therapy and like you're talking about exercise you're able to shift that energy and when you and you're able to just feel a little bit more like yourself again e- right. even if you lost touch with who that self is 
And when you're able to do that and you heal just a little bit at a time and you address things just a little bit at a time, you get your life back and you didn't even know what you lost in your life. But when you start to get it back, you have more energy. And I don't mean that in this big, broad way, but just where I may have spent my energy worrying or where I may have spent my energy anxious or depressed, Mm -hmm. now that energy is available for something else. Now I have energy to go on a walk or to to do something different. I have bandwidth. You're just, your whole life can change and having resources and that guiding person like yourself to help people on that process because it is can, it can be such a deep process to get mm-hmm. through and it can be a lifetime for some people. And so having that support around you is everything. Can you yes. share with us a little bit, help us visualize if someone wanted to reach out to you, they wanted to connect with the community, if they were looking for support, what would, what would their, that next step be for them? How would they get in touch with you? And what resources are available to people just in general? Yes. I mean, getting in touch with me is pretty easy. You, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a website, memories2.org. I'm on Instagram. I have a private Facebook page for the, for the men that are in the Memories of Us page, right? I have one that's public. I have one that's private for the men to be able to converse with one another. So what does that look like? If you was to come to me and say, hey, this is what's going on with me. First, I would have a conversation with you to get a feel for you over the phone. Then I would ask you your comfort level. How comfortable are you with meeting with me in person? Or would you rather do Zoom or some of one of these other platforms? So we figure out that. And once I get a feel for what this person or, or this individual is struggling with, I can then go through my list of resources or people that I'm partnered with and go, hey, if it's not, if it's not dealing with, you know, bereavement, men's bereavement, and I have different resources, I go, hey, I'm going to get in contact with this person. I'm going to give you this person's information. Please get in contact with them. They, they, you know, this is what they do. And uh, I think you would really benefit from that. And then I leave it up to them. I don't do follow-ups or anything like that for the simple fact of you may not be ready. It may have sounded like a great idea, right? I can't force you to come to the groups. I can only dangle the carrot in front of your face. And if you want it, I'm not going to keep it from you. But what I'm going to do is give you a little bit at a time. And then I'm going to help guide you into those support groups to make sure that you get the necessary help from the right person. Your support groups that you provide, you partner with other subject matter experts, other organizations, and to talk about things like suicide and mental health and you and you do that as well on your podcast and also yes. your support groups that you provide they're free for yes. people so they can reach out to you and they can explore them and see if they're right for you and it's not just joining the community that you provide but it's also tapping into or being connected to other people in your network that you partner with to bring these resources and information to people and i just really appreciate that we're kind of coming in the end of our conversation and I wanted to ask you, is there a final thought that you'd like to share with our listeners before we part ways today? Uh, yeah. To our listeners, you know, life happens to people. It does. And sometimes unexpected things do happen. I would like to encourage people when you, when you're going through these things, surround yourself with people that would love on you right where you are, not people that's looking to change you 
or trying to fix you, I would encourage you to seek help within your community, support groups. And if there isn't support, a, a support group, make one. I would say in the long run, it's about you. But the bigger picture is that you're a part of something bigger. You're a part of a community. So yes, it, this is about you because what you get out of this, you can now put into something bigger than yourself. Together, we, we can heal. Together, we make a difference. Because I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without the people that I'm associated with. But we are a community. Embrace what you're going through. Don't be afraid to say that you're struggling. Don't be afraid to say, I'm having a bad day. Be brave enough to go, today is not a good day, and I can use someone to talk to. So I would encourage people to explore. Explore who you are. Explore what you're going through. Allow yourself to properly grieve and understand what you're going through. Allow yourself to, com- to connect in a whole way and then take the necessary step to come out the other side. You feel so much better. And then if you feel like it, go back and mentor someone else. Reach back and help the next person in your shoes and tell them what you, what you did to get to where you are. Yeah, we are the, we're the starting points, but you're the final, you're the final ones on the, on the line. We can do it from here, but we need you to do it from out there. So I would, I would say, be encouraged to take those steps and be brave enough to say, I want better for myself. And then from there, once you can admit those things to yourself, beautiful things start happening, right? Because we have the support here. So just care about yourself enough to go, I can't do it on my own. Don't try to do it out there, especially if you're already struggling with thoughts of suicide and things like that, guess what? You don't have to struggle by yourself. You don't have to put yourself in that situation to where you feel alone. There are other people that have gone through the same things. Reach out to them. I so appreciate you sharing that and um, being who you are and offering that space for people to walk into just as they are, just just wherever you're at. And it really is the difference when you're in that place of feeling like you have no worth, feeling like you have nothing to offer, feeling like there is no path for you, and then being able to just be present in a space where people understand they've had that lived experience, they've been in those shoes, they've been in that place, and they can help you connect. And once, just as soon as you start just shifting, just swapping pain for healing in Mm -hmm. little places, things do start to shift. And then you are able to cultivate that sense of self-worth. You are able to see what a path forward could look like you're building it. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I want to Thank you for this powerfully insightful conversation today and for sharing with people how they can take steps towards healing and community and a better path forward. We'll make it super easy for people to find you. We'll put all your information in the show notes. We appreciate you and we look forward to staying connected with you. Thank you so much. Well, of course, I'm honored that you have me on the show and whatever you need from me, whatever information that can help someone in in your area or things like that. I have a lot of connections. Um, We are now virtual. So even if you don't have anyone in your area that can do that, they can still come and join on the virtual groups. So we have everything covered. And it's been an honor to be on the show with you. Thank you so much, Amy. If you have a wellness topic that is important to you, let us know by visiting emergethriving.com forward slash podcast.